Welcome, everyone, to a new episode of the Transcript Podcast. You've got me, Scott Krisloff. I'm editor of the Transcript, along with Eric Mokaya, who's our lead author. Uh, we took last week off for Labor Day, so we're back for the first time in a couple of weeks. This is a heavy conference time of year after Labor Day, so we got a fair amount of quotes from conferences, which is nice. It's where companies usually end up thinking a little bit longer term, talking about what's a year or two years out, rather than just what's happening in the quarter. So you get some longer term perspectives this time of year. What we saw from a macro perspective was actually a bit of a shift from what we had been seeing, a slowdown after Labor Day. There were a few different companies that were warning about slowness seen not only from the Delta variant, but also as you've seen um, stimulus payments come off, you're seeing some weakness, especially at lower income consumer levels. So that was a concern that I saw Although at the higher end, things seem to be holding up a little bit better at the at high income consumers. Any thoughts, Eric? I think it's the same observations. The main focus of the newsletter was a little bit of downshift in August, mostly triggered by Delta variant, which is causing a little bit of havoc around the world. It's also interesting to see how this is also tra- translating to the data. So a lot of countries, especially as you say in Asia and the US are affected by the Delta variant. So interesting to see what companies have to say going into September when some of these stimulus packages also end and then the unemployment benefits also are ending. So very interesting to see how the data. But overall, I also would say my, my most important pick was from Visa who said that even though there's a dying shift in August, the recovery remains on track and U.S. consumer spending for the full year 2021 still, should still expand at its fastest pace in decades. So that was pretty interesting to pick up. So despite the downshift, it's kind of like a small dip. It's not like a, a huge dip. What do you think? Yeah, to be honest, before I started putting together this week's post, I was thinking that I was going to be writing that the economy was still in good shape. But as I pulled together the quotes that we had, we had assembled during the week, it was clear that there were a number of quotes that were talking about this downshift or a slowdown in the economy. And so that ended up being the theme of the week. That's one of the fun things about writing the transcript is you don't necessarily know how it's going to turn out until you've really looked at all of the quotes that you've assembled and, and put them in one place. I think the other important thing to mention, as everyone knows, if the economy is slowing down, really one of the things it does is just pushes out the Fed farther. So I think the Fed was gearing up for a taper in late September and, you know, weaker than expected employment data was enough to get them to push farther out. So now I think they're talking about November. Yeah. So the stimulus are ending mostly in September, right? So then you're likely to see a lot of impacts going forward in terms of the, especially the debit spending. But remember the consumer still has a little bit of money they've saved up during the pandemic. I think... The last statistics we have was around 66% of the data that was flowing in was actually being saved. So you'd expect that maybe to flow into spending and maybe sustain spending for the rest of the year, especially going into the holiday season where people are buying gifts for family and friends and all. Yeah, I also was traveling this week for work and I took a few different Ubers to, to get around. I had one Uber driver who told me that since June of last year, he hadn't been working because he had been getting unemployment benefits and then those ran out. And so now he's back to working. Um, Also just, it's much harder to get an Uber. They're more expensive than they used to be. 
And so like those are back of the mind catalysts right here for me as well as for the rideshare companies. Those rideshare stocks could have tough corners. At least something that I picked up also is around Europe, they're having challenges with truck drivers. Uh, I think mostly also similar to the people are rethinking their kind of careers, especially with the unemployment benefits, just give you a little bit of a base. So you don't have to do the things that you, ha- you had to do before. And now that some people are actually making more money from the unemployment benefits than from their normal jobs, and it's kind of, it doesn't give you the incentive to work. So once that basis kind of shift, shifts this month and next month, it will be pretty interesting to see how spending goes ahead, consumer confidence also goes ahead and all. And maybe this is the time when you actually have the proper impact from the pandemic on consumer spending. Something yeah. else that you picked, I think, were two quotes were that, were, that you, you saw would be catalysts, especially on China. So I think it's good to hear from you what you were thinking about these two catalysts that you put up here. Yeah, I think we just saw a couple of negative data points on China. Marriott saying that they saw a big drop in their capacity utilization by about 50%. So... That's pretty significant. And I think it just plays into this idea. It goes back to what's going on in the supply chain that Asia in general has been more restrictive than the rest of the world in the way that dealing with the COVID problem. And some of that restrictiveness, not only in China, but we also picked up some elements of it in Vietnam, that restrictiveness is leading to bottlenecks in the supply chain that are translating into things that we're seeing in the United States and the, the broader global economy. And so not seeing any signs of that getting better, continuing to see supply chains being heavily impacted and that could last into next year is what we continue to read. I think again, since we've been watching supply chains, a consistent theme this week, this past two weeks, at least in the earnings calls, is I'm a, I'm a, like a couple of companies actually stating clearly that the supply chain is still pretty constrained and heading into holiday season where we have like, you know, some of the biggest spending uh, globally, I would be very worried now in terms of inventory. These quotes this week don't actually fill me with a lot of confidence heading into the holiday season. So you, you do feel that there could be an impact on uh, people wanting to spend, but there's nothing to spend on. Any thoughts on that, Joseph? Yeah, I, I think that you're seeing most retailers say that their inventory levels are improving. Most of them are saying that they're ready for the holiday season. Whether or not that's the reality or just posturing, it's tough to say right now, but yeah, we'll, we'll see in a few months, I guess. Yeah. Any other quotes that stood out for you? I think for me, one that stood out was Ford and them gearing up for commercial EVs. I think they're pretty pumped up for the EV revolution. I saw some statistics, at least in, in Norway, I think around, uh, I think a majority of the cars now being sold are actually mostly EV. So Norway is kind of like the epitome of going full EV. So I think reading through uh, Ford and the, I mean, the conference that they were presenting at, I saw, I saw something that was pretty unique. Like in the future, you need charging spots for all these electric vehicles. And Ford want to build a system where you can actually do this. They're going to offer you subscription services, building an, a subscription service for you so that you get your charging, your software updates, and all these things plugged into your car in the future. So I, 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 I was uh, pretty struck by the fact that now Ford is now going to become almost an SAS business going forward if they leverage on EV, the EV traction that they have building up right now. Yeah, that, that echoes... A quote that we had from Intel's CEO and has seen, I've seen elsewhere as well, that cars are just turning into computers on wheels. There's a lot more semiconductors going into cars. I think the 
Intel CEO said the bill of materials on a car is going to go from 4% semiconductors to 20% semiconductors by 2030, which is Pretty, pretty crazy. One other thing, we had a big section on cybersecurity from CrowdStrike talking about just changing trends in cybersecurity. They were talking about growing sophistication of e-criminals and also the lack of need for sophistication because there's off-the-shelf solutions for anybody who wants to be an e-criminal, so to speak, to be able to go and target someone with, with relatively sophisticated tools. And so all of that just speaks to this trend that we've talked about a lot this year about probably the increasing spend in, in cybersecurity going forward. Yeah, it interests me that there is someone who provides ransomware as a service. It seems like going forward, everything is going to be as a service. Again, as you say, it speaks to the trend we've been seeing. Like there's a lot of concern around cybersecurity and security online and of course identity. And that's why some of the companies that you've talked about in the past, like Okta, CrowdStrike and Cloudflare, all of these are playing into this mega trend that you're seeing where if there is a lot of data online, that data needs to be safely secured. This is a good catalyst to keep an eye on. Uh, one final thing that I wanted to talk about, which you also picked up as a, a negative uh, catalyst for credit card companies. Do you want to talk a little bit about it? Yeah, I think that's really important. That was one that we highlighted for subscribers, but Visa was talking about how Amazon is charging a surcharge on purchases with the Visa card in Singapore and Australia, which I, I haven't read much about it. So it'll be interesting to get your perspective. But I, when I saw that, I thought, why can't they charge a surcharge in the United States too, or other countries? So this may be like a beta test of starting to surcharge for credit cards, which, you know, the credit card companies are like this giant unseen tax on the global economy that everybody just lets happen. There's no reason that they need to be charging the fees that they do on all retail transactions. So, um, Amazon being a massive retailer globally with a lot of power against credit card companies. It's interesting if they move to try and push these fees down. What there's, are your thoughts? There's a lot happening in payments right now. I think last week there was also the the, the Epic versus Apple uh, court case where Apple was actually directed to open up their app store so that uh, developers can actually have more payments other than Apple Pay. I think that's also a major thing that is happening in payments. The other thing which I picked up, which you picked up and which I also read up on was this issue of Amazon for credit card use, especially in Australia and Singapore. So I, I read a, a little bit from the, an Amazon uh, spokesperson. What, she, what they're saying is that they feel like consumers should not be paying so much for some of these credit cards. And because of that, then they're imposing these charges to prevent customers from actually using the credit cards so they can switch to other payments, which are more affordable. And I think the response from Visa has been, I think, uh, I mean, they're trying to have a conversation with Amazon because I think there's a precedent to this where uh, Walmart did this a couple of years ago and they got a better deal from Visa for their, uh, for their customers. So I think this could be actually that tactic of playing hardball and then you get a better deal for your clients. Or it could also be that actually Amazon are very serious about this. So it will be very interesting to watch where this goes from here. So the charge is very minimal, but it's, it's going to be significant in terms of maybe preventing or at least making customers rethink their usage of the credit card and maybe to switch for something else. Uh, that's what I would say about that. Any thoughts yourself? No, I think that's good. Then we can uh, end for this week there. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. So reach us out to admin at theweeklytranscript.com and uh, leave us your comments and feedback. Uh, see you next week. Thank you.